Listener Production. US stocks tread water as investors anticipate a rush of corporate and economic news as the week rounds out. And Aussie shares expected to open lower on Wednesday following the Reserve Bank's decision to pause interest rates. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Wednesday the 2nd of August. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, a bit of a nothing day as far as Northern Hemisphere markets are concerned, I suppose, at first blush. But really, when you look a little closer, what's pretty clear is that there was a pretty concerted rise in interest rates, both in Europe and the United States, and that was a strong enough breeze to keep the buyers at bay where stocks were concerned, the Dow finishing up by 0.2 of a percent. It was positive for most of the session, which is a distinction from when you compare it to the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, which were in negative territory for much of their respective sessions. The S&P 500 finishing down by a third of a percent and the NASDAQ down 0.4 of a percent. And to highlight that point around rising interest rates, a two-year Treasury note up three basis points to 4.9% and a 10-year up by seven basis points to 4.03%. And perhaps that's due to the fact that we have had a decent rally in markets mm. over the course of July. We did see the S&P 500 hit a 16-month high on Monday, for example, and we have broadly seen the S&P 500 rally in the vicinity of 30% since October low. So, on the back of that, perhaps we're in overbought conditions at the moment. Of course, we are into the summer months in the United States, and we have seen slimmer trading volumes and the like. So perhaps that's the reason behind last night's results. The economic news of the day, let's just quickly have a look at that. So the manufacturing figures, according to the Institute of Supply Management, 46 in June, 46.4 in July, what do you make of that, Ryan? I don't think that I'd be mentioning that in news home. It was certainly a modest improvement when it comes to manufacturing. So we have talked about the fact that reduced demand for goods and China's economic slowdown are having a big impact on the factory sector at the moment. So we did see the S&P factory index lift from 46.3 to 49 in July. And broadly, what we have seen is a continuing contraction, a slight improvement there. One thing that stood out, though, was factory employment dropped to a three-year low. So that suggests that layoffs were accelerating. So, Ryan, that probably dovetails into another important series of economic uh, numbers, the uh, ones that relate to the number of job openings in an economy. So that's important. The key focus here, of course, will be on Friday's job data. And employers are expected to add around 200,000 positions in the month of July. And that would mark the lowest reading since the end of 2020. So the labour market still remains resilient, but we are seeing a slowdown taking place in hiring or at least demand by the looks of things. So that will please the US Federal Reserve, certainly on the wages front. Well, I'm delighted that you have a sense of what pleasures Jerome Powell, because it's really difficult with some of these central bankers to get a sense of that. But you know, this measure is not falling off a cliff. It no. remains um, quite durable. So this conversation, as much as I hate to invoke this term, a soft landing, is that looking more realistic, Ryan? It appears that way, and that's why we have seen equity markets mm. rally recently. But one of the interesting dynamics overnight was around the earnings season. So we talked yesterday about earnings exceeding expectations, but we had a very mixed batch of earnings last night, which did weigh on the S&P 500 in particular. And benefited the Dow uh, on the other side of that coin, the that's Caterpillar. A- coming in better than expected and essentially lifting that index up by 9%. 
yes, it was a very strong result for Caterpillar. It's an economic bellwether, and it reported a rise in second quarter profits, so that lifted the Dow Jones. But on the other side of the ledger, we did see certainly some weakness elsewhere. So shares of Zebra Technologies, not one that we talk about <laughs> frequently. It slid 17.7%. Norwegian Cruise Line shares dropped 12%. Another soft performer on the S&P 500 after its third quarter guidance missed analyst estimates. We also saw shares of pharmaceutical giant Merck dip 1.2%, even after reporting a smaller than expected loss. And Pfizer shares slid 1.7% after posting mixed results due to falling COVID product sales. And also Uber shares were down 6% on mixed earnings. So a very mixed backdrop there. That contributed to a little bit of a malaise on the share market today, Tom. And the other thing to note is we did see the 10-year US government bond yield over 4%. So yep. typically that is a little bit of a benchmark level, and that does affect those technology shares. So we saw shares of mega cap growth companies such as Tesla and Amazon.com. Their valuations typically drop when borrowing costs rise, and we did see them both impacted by the lift in US Treasuries. We also heard from Atlanta Federal Reserve Bank President Raphael Bostic last night. He said he sees no rate cuts until the second half of next year. So that was an interesting and explicit comment from him. Interestingly, in relation to Mr. Bostic's uh, comments and you know probabilities around what's going to happen at this stage, the, the market is of the mind that there's an 80% chance that the Fed will be on hold at the next meeting. Certainly, that's something to focus on in the coming weeks. But the other thing that stood out last night, Tom, was in Europe. So we saw quite a sharp fall in European share markets. We saw the FTSE Euro first 300 down 0.9%, the Stock 600 down 0.9%, the DAX was down 1.3% in Germany. And part of the reason for that was automakers-led declines down 1.6%. Shares of BMW were down 5.4% after it warned of higher expenses for developing electric vehicles. And that dragged Mercedes-Benz shares down 2.4%. So not a good day for those German marks. So Ryan, today the futures are indicating that we will kick off in negative territory. The SPY futures, as you highlighted, down by around 0.6%. The RBA yesterday with their, it's been talked about as a dovish pause, not a hawkish pause. Certainly, if you look at the statement yesterday. Did it give you anything? Be honest. It didn't. And... While they remained on pause, of course, they still focused on the fact that inflation is too high. They even explicitly said inflation at 6% is too high. We talked about this yesterday, core inflation at 5.9%. The big focus of the Reserve Bank yesterday was on the lagged impact of their tightening on households, the uncertainty around consumer spending in particular, and then the impact on household cash flows from those increased borrowing costs and the imminent fixed rate mortgage so, clip. So, Ryan, just I've turned up. I don't know anything, um, but someone has told me that if inflation is high, that will contribute to generally higher interest rates. Uh, with the underlying inflation rate at close to 6%, how do you explain to me how the Reserve Bank is taking this like gently, gently approach in relation to managing inflation, which we know can get out of control? It's an interesting position to put themselves in. So the question really now is... Explain it to me. How, how, do you, how do you justify that? Well, they're justifying their decision based on their expectations that they'll get to the 2 to 3% target. So their target. forecasts, you're saying. They're, their forecasts, right. yes. The forecasts, which um, let's reflect on some of their recent greatest hits when it comes to forecasts, shall we? Uh, yield curve control, uh, not moving interest rates until 2024. You mean those type of forecasts? They've got the forecast for their 
inflation target, so hitting their inflation target of 2 to 3%, not occurring until late 2025. So that is <laughs> around two years away. That's so a couple of birthdays away. It appears that they expect unemployment to gradually lift, but on the back of their forecast, they're quite happy to see higher inflation over a period rather than lift interest rates more aggressively and have more restrictive monetary policy. And I apologise to the listener if I'm coming across as being a little bit aggressive in the interrogation of this, but it is something that is quite challenging to get to the root of uh, sometimes the, the Reserve Bank's communication. And it's something that we've talked about previously in terms of where that has gone awry in terms of the perceptions that have taken hold uh, within the markets. And it's so important, the guidance that is provided by the central bank for it to be clear and for people to be on the same page around the central bank's expectations, not to the letter, but just in step with their thinking. And I suppose the immediate contrast is how effective Jerome Powell has been in relation to his communication of what the Fed's intentions are. It has been a masterclass in communication. And that's the contrast that I'm trying to to arrive at. I'm not being argumentative for the sake of it. I don't think so. And really what they want is further time to assess the economic data. We've got some wages data coming out in a couple of weeks, for example. But also at the same time, they are looking at the potential to continue their tightening cycle. They even said that despite the fact that they've paused. Markets are now pricing in that they're done. But the interesting thing is from here is that the unemployment rate's expected to rise. The labour market at this point in time is not suggesting so, although job vacancies have softened somewhat. And then at the same time, we have seen what's happened in Canada, right? Yeah. In Canada, they thought that they had reached the restrictive level. And after pausing for, what was it, four or five months, mm, they back. then restarted. Yep. So the, the, con- the concern and the potential policy area for the Reserve Bank is that they underestimate services inflation in particular, what we see is core inflation remaining resilient and then they have to restart in a few months. So, And, the, and from a statistical perspective, we're now moving into a different period compared to the previous 12 months where the changes, um, the declines in inflation were quite substantial. The year-on-year changes from here on in won't be as great. Uh, and this could be a situation that goes on for several years. Um, well, that's a concern, Tom, that we're in a stagflationary environment. Their forecasts are for GDP to grow at a measly 1.75% over 2024 and for inflation to remain above the 2 to 3% target. Well above, like double. So, you know, um, well, not quite double, but you, you know what I mean. Uh, anyway. Broken record. But let's yeah. go through the commodities quickly. We're running out of time today. So we saw the US all NYMEX price down by 0.5% to 81.37 US dollars a barrel. Gulf futures took a knock down 1.5% to 1978.80 US dollars an ounce. And iron ore took a big hit down 3.7% to 108.32 US dollars a tonne. And the reason for that is data showed the value of new home sales by the biggest 100 developers in China plunged by a third in July from a year ago. So China's economic travails continue. That's weighing on commodities overnight. Copper futures were down 2.5%, so that will affect the Aussie market today. In terms of company news, we've got BWP Trust, Janice Henderson and Pinnacle Investment Management all release earnings results 
Virgin Money UK provides a sales update and app and host an investor meeting, Tom. Indeed. And worth talking about the fortunes of the Aussie dollar post the RBA decision. So uh, circa 2.30 yesterday afternoon, you had the currency trading at around 67 cents, down from a peak of 67.2. And as we speak at this moment, it's trading closer to 66.2 US cents. So uh, it has lost quite a bit of ground overnight on the back of the RBA's decision. And that'll continue because iron ore prices are down sharply overnight. So it's going to be a difficult day for the Aussie. Indeed. Have a great day. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Be sure to tune in this afternoon for Craig and Stevie. We'll be covering off on the day's events. Thanks very much. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.